KXRN LP. Laguna Niguel, Laguna Beach. Member supported KXFM on 104.7. KXFMRadio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio Inc., its management, or its board of directors. Hello, this is Craig at KXFM 104.7 Human Crafted Radio. I'm here every Saturday at 9 a.m. with Rainbow Radio, where we discuss the latest news on LGBTQ interests and discuss on this day in history. Every week I have a special guest and we have interviews again rainbow radio craig every saturday Saturday morning here in Laguna Beach, California. Beautiful, sunny Laguna Beach. It was 55 degrees coming in this morning. And it's supposed to be uh, partly cloudy, but it's already sunny as heck. And it's probably going to get up to about 70 degrees. And I always like to start off with the weather because, you know, sometimes that's all we want to know. The high should be 60, but um, cloudy skies in the morning will become partly cloudy this afternoon. High near 60 degrees. Humidity, 72%. Um, Sunset is 5 o'clock. It, it'll get to down to 49 degrees tonight. But the, the, the interesting news is that it's going to be partly cloudy for the next, what, week? Sunny, mostly sunny to partly cloudy, but no rain. 5% chance of rain most days. One day it's up to 6. So that's what to expect. It's typical um, January weather. We just get a little cloudy in the morning and we warm up during the day and have a fabulous day here in Laguna Beach, California. The The... As I, as I often say, the center of the universe. Yes, we, we, uh, well, that's, that's kind of an egotistical thing to say, I suppose, but uh, it is a wonderful place, um, especially when you read the news around the world. Eh, we won't go there right now. Um, I want to thank our sponsor, Mike Johnson and Chris Tibbet of Compass Realty. I, I see that they have the they have a listing up in L.A., Compass Realty. It's the most expensive listed home in the nation. I forget how many, $115 million, something like that. Can you imagine that? $115 million for a home? Oh, I mean, and, and then <laughs> just the monthly expenses to, to keep it from falling apart, I would think, uh, would be, um, well... I suppose if you're in that income bracket, uh, it's not. It's, it becomes a non-issue. Um, I want to um, hit the news right off the 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 bat here with one article I found very interesting, and I, I may go back to it again. But this speaks to the um, we still have a very high suicide rate, and for young um, gay LGBTQ ad, uh, people and uh, transgender people and all those um, acronyms that we go over so many times. And uh, I, while I think a certain number of uh, peop- listeners and people out there uh, are um, welcome the internet and what it brings to help them understand themselves and that they are okay and acceptable, it also Brings, uh, can can bring a very negative aspect, which is to terrible self-judgment and feeling of 
feelings of inadequacy. So with both those balanced out, I do, I do feel that there is still a very strong, um, sadly, uh, component of suicide in our world. And I found this article interesting because kind of, it kind of speaks to that. 30% of the children in foster care identify as LGBTQ. Wow. Uh, here's to one transgender teen story in Virginia. Talua, a 14-year-old transgender girl, uh, looks and acts like any other teenager growing up in in Chesterfield County. She loves YouTube, TikTok, texting her friends. She listens to Cardi B, Doha Cat, and Beyonce, of course. She said she loves to roller skate and skate away at Skate Away. And you can uh, dance hip-hop, jazz, and ballet. She likes her... um, She punched... Oh, she is a pretty young, smiling, easily warm, and laughter when, even when she tells of the nightmarish story of how her father beat her horrifically, and she started coming out as gay at 12 years old. He punched me in the face four times, twice on either side, said Tolua, looking down at the below iPhone in her hands, and she got a belt. Then he got a belt and beat me till I bled. When the police arrived, her father's home in Hopewell, uh, she was taken to the hospital of a woman and from foster care told her, you're going to be all right. We're going to put you in a different home. There are over 5,400 children in the Virginia foster care system, according to State Department Social Service. Roughly 30% of the children in foster care nationally identify as LGBTQ and are often linked or kicked out of their biological homes, ending up in foster care because their biological parents didn't accept their sexual identity. Is that just horrible, horrific, when you just need the love of your parents probably the most in your life and you get kicked to the curb and it does happen. So LGBTQ youth facing housing uh, instability and disproportionate at disproportional rates. These young people cannot thrive if they do not have access to safe, affirming and stable environment, said Jamie Nolan, co-executive director of Side by Side Local Group, dedicated to supporting the LGBTQ plus, unfortunately, too often we see families who turn away from their children when they choose to come out because of a lack of information and understanding about who their child is. That's what happened to Tolua when she was 12 years old, a 12-year-old boy, and her name is Toran, and her name was Toran. But life didn't get easier once Foster stepped in. Tolua went, uh, went from one foster home to another, and she didn't get along with her foster sibling. She acted out and got into fights. Tensions kept building. Nothing left uh, felt like home. Everything was temporary. LGBTQ youth need an an allyship and support from their parents, especially for youth in foster care. If they're coming into foster care, that uh, is not affirming. And that's an an added trauma, says uh, Jess Mendez, an advocate for he, she, z, and we, a local group serving families with transgender loved ones. Tolua felt alone, angry, and isolated until she met Randy and Lynette uh, Hall, a foster family in Enrico County. She met them at a restaurant and remembers seeing Lynette's purple hair. Tolua thought, I like this family. They seem cool. So um, anyone who's out there listening, there's the Trevor Project number at 866-488-7386. Trevor. Now, um, I want to, <laughs> the, this speaks to, you may not know, you, you may not know you're being the difference. That's my mantra for today. Be the difference, but you may not know. So this is a, a good story, a happy story. How music video about a gay teen may have saved hundreds of lives. Wow. I hope that this little radio station and this little program saves a few lives as well. And anyone listening out there wants some affirmation and some love, hey, email me, contact me. I I got lots to share. (laughs) And I mean that in a very nice way. Okay. Don't construe anything in there, Michael Witikowski. Um, How music. So in 2017, a music video for rapper Logic's song, which is a... uh, uh, the title of the song is 800-273-8255. May have saved hundreds of lives, a new study found. The song's title is the phone number in the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Uh, its video showed a gay black teen calling the number after being outed and receiving homophobic abuse by his 
track and field teammates. The video gained attention for its unique story, and it's uh, also the celebrities who appeared in it featured Nickelodeon star uh, Coy Stewart as a gay teen, Oscar-nominated actor Don Shadell as his father, and Modern Family's Nolan Gould as his boyfriend. Emmy nominations actor Matthew Modine as his boyfriend's father and the boy's dad's award-nominated character actor Louis Guzman as the supportive coach. So how did this happen? And what, what is the study? I, so I dug a little deeper because I wanted to know, you know, being kind of in the media business here at KXF 104.7, I thought it would be interesting to see how they arrived at this, um, this re- realization. So it says, the study published in December of 2021, uh, edition of the British Medical Association Peer Review Trade Journal, BMJ, Uh, looked at suicide from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the number of calls into the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline from the start of January 10 until December, uh, until the end of December 2018. It also took at, uh, looked at Twitter posts to determine the amount of attention that uh, Logic's song received. It uh, found that the song received the strongest amount of public attention right after three events. The video's initial August 17th released the August 27th, 20, uh, 2017 MTV Music Awards and the January 28th, 2018 Grammy Awards. Logic um, performed the song at the two latter events. In the 34-day period following all three events, the Lifeline received 9,000, this is where I love science and numbers, <laughs> 9,915 more calls than it had on an average uh an average during the 34-day period in the years prior. These calls were at 6.9% increase over the number of calls usually expected. So do you suppose that at least a couple of those phone calls of the 9,915 prevented a tragic event from happening? I think that's a, a really good bet. Furthermore, the 34 days after these three events, there were 245 fewer suicides nationwide than usually experienced during the same time periods in previous years. So there you go, 245. One would be enough to justify it, but 245, yes. The study's uh, lead researcher, Thomas, oh my, I got new glasses so I can, I can, (laughs) I can speak better, but Nider Croptenthaler. Nader Kruptenthaler. Wow. Don't say that with potatoes in your mouth. Uh, an associate professor at the Suicide Research Unit at the uh, Medical University of Vienna and his findings support the idea that media messages can have an impact on suicide prevention and crises management. So um, that is good news. And never forget that a good smile and a, and a pat on the shoulder and uh a message that you love someone can go a great distance and do a lot of good things in this world. And yeah, and I'm unanimous in that, as Dame Edna would say. So we're going to take a short music break and I'll be back with On This Day in History.
On this day in history, it's Craig and Rainbow Radio with the news that's all the news is fit to hear. <laughs> right here in Laguna Beach, California. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, I have a radio guest this morning, Alex. Oh, see, there it goes. It's not supposed to do that. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I had to fix a technical thing there. Anyway, Alex, good morning. How are you? And, and what's the weather like in Chicago? It is very cold. Um, yesterday, it was one degree. Today, the high is about 15, so it's warming up a little bit. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> so, well, if you were here and 60 degrees, you could put your flip-flops on and go to the beach. I could. I wouldn't mind. I have friends that tell me, Craig, would you stop with the stuff about how wonderful it is? <laughs> Especially my dear friend in the UK, Lynn, who goes, okay, I've, I've heard enough about the sunsets and the beautiful California weather you have. So, uh, but, you know, I like to think that um, I appreciate it. And it's, it's nice to recognize that it is appreciated. Right. Because we're spoiled. <clears throat> Excuse me, Alex, you're choking me up. <laughs> well, I, I I grew up in Florida, so not quite or a different kind of nice, but um, yeah, I don't miss the ungodly hot summers, but um, yeah, and okay. I love snow. It it's still kind of a novelty to me. So, well, I grew up in extreme northern California, as they say, which means it's somewhere north of Sacramento and and San Francisco almost in Oregon and we had winter and we had full seasons 110 degrees in the summer and and for a week we might not get over freezing in the winter so I'm I'm used to that but you know I've acclimated to southern California quite well I must say so so let's go on here and I encourage any commentary you might have Alex and and anyone who wants to tune in to the program on uh Zoom or um, you can just watch it passively if you want on um, on uh, Facebook uh, on rainbow-radio.com Facebook. So um, let's go on. On this day in history, January 8th, which is today, in 1978, Harvey Milk makes uh, news when he is sworn in as a member of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. Who is Harvey Milk, Alex? He was... An exam. <laughs> Um, well, I know he was uh, one of the first gay elected officials in the country in San Francisco. I can't remember. He wasn't, was he mayor no, of San Francisco? He was, he was um, on the city council. Right, uh, city council. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he and the mayor were um, un unfortunately murdered right. in their offices. Mm -hmm. And um, Diana Feinstein was then the uh, mayor tempro or whatever they say. So she became mayor. It was a horrible time in the history. So the next news was in 1979, acting San Francisco mayor, Diana Feinstein, names Harry Britt to fill the vacant board supervisor's seat left empty by the assassination of Harvey Milk. Mm. In 2004, the New Jersey legislature passed a bill creating a domestic partnership status for same-sex sex couples with, as men, with many of the same legal rights as marriage, although... I do have an attorney friend that this is worth mentioning, I think, who's made a close study of uh, marriage, uh, the, the laws that are embraced and support marriage versus uh, domestic partnerships. And he says there's thousands and thousands of laws with that come with marriage, real marriage, as opposed to uh, partnerships. And the partnership part of it would have to be indoctrinated into all those laws to make it really similar. So even though the verbiage says it is, it it's maybe not be the case. <laughs> January 9th on this day in history, Sir John Gielgud, Jean-Pierre Sartre, S-A-R-T-R-E, Simone de Boulevard, and 26 other international celebrities take out a full-page ad in Time magazine to protest the recent series of political backlashes against gays in the U.S. This is 1978. So I was so interested in this. I looked everywhere in Time Magazine, and, and, and I could not find the article. I would love to know if anyone could provide that. That would be wonderful. I, I would like to know what Sir John Gielgud said in 1978 to support 
decades in the U.S. It was a very transform transformative time, and in 1978 to speak out publicly is a pretty brave thing to do. Right uh, in, in the thing in in the history of the world. In 1975, oh, this is on January 10th, I should say. Uh, in 1975, Chicago. Where's that? I've heard of that place. <laughs> Board of Education approves a plan that allows, for the first time, the city's teachers to answer questions, <laughs> students' questions about homosexuality. So what would you do if say, some, someone came up and said, I think I'm gay, what should I do? And your teacher would go, <laughs> and that would be really very helpful for the young adolescent trying to sort out their world and understand themselves and accept themselves so anyway i'm glad that in 75 the chicago chicago board of ed had the foresight to step in there and, and make this um it, yeah make sure that it's all cool in 1977 the episcopal church which i sang in the choir at the episcopal church i was an acolyte not an alcoholic an alkalite but i did oh anyway i digress as they say in new york ordains an openly lesbian women, Ellen Marie Barrett, as a minister. So, see, there you go. And I do have Catholic friends who say that the Episcopal Church is nothing more than a social organization. <laughs> on a straight Now, I don't want to get religion on this station, but I'm just poking a little fun. <clears throat> so, forgive well, my, my, um, my ex is a Episcopalian, and they are probably the most progressive yeah. Uh, sect isn't the right word but side of the christian church and there's the church that he goes to in chicago is like known as the gay church in the city um yeah and they do a lot of really great work um in the neighborhoods too a lot of food banks fundraisers um someone asked like, me uh, about um the episcopal church and they said well can your priest uh, be married and I was thinking, well, of course, because I mean, mm -hmm. my reference was that all your priests usually had were married and had families. But in other religions, you're you're supposed to be celibate and not be married and be the minister. And I thought, well, there you go. That's why so many gays went to be, and the Catholic ministers, <laughs> and they didn't have to deal with their their sexual issues. I'm, that's just an assumption on my part. I have no puritanical science or information to support that. But thank you, Alex. Well, I find that. That the Episcopal Church has been very much more open. I agree. In 1980, oh, this is a good one. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Have you heard of them? Yeah, yes. They form in San Francisco in 1980. They're still, they're fairly strong up in LA. Um, they're the ones um, not dressed kind of like nuns. And they are, they, like okay, the flying yeah. nun. They have the habit on and, yeah, and yeah. The, the whole thing. Yeah. I remember seeing an exhibit on them at the Stonewall Museum in Fort Lauderdale oh, when I was there a few years ago. They had a Stonewall in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, they have a huge, not a huge museum, but a huge archive of all kinds of gay and queer art, magazines. Um, Talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, um, my friend who unfortunately passed last year was on the board. Oh. Um, so I got to do a lot of great stuff with him and with the with the museum and archives, but definitely something you should check out if you get to Fort Lauderdale. Well, I did go to Tampa Gay Pride once one mm -hmm. year, and uh, I found it very refreshing. Mm -hmm. so, you know, Florida is a real mixed bag. I mean, there's yeah. some very conservative, um, I guess. Uh, oh yeah, that's uh, the point. Embracing uh, attitudes, and then there's some very liberal, crazy stuff. So. Yeah, you never know. So in 1982, Paul Lind, who best probably best known for the Center Square on Hollywood Squares, and his appearance numerous times in Bewitched as Uncle Albert, and he was so gay on that program. Oh my God! Uh, known to many as the Center Square for his years on the game show in Hollywood Squares, dies of a heart attack in Beverly Hills at 55. There was much controversy about his death, saying that he was doing drugs and he was, you know, this and that and the other thing. But it, as it turned out, there were no drugs involved. It, the official on top, he said it, it was a tragic and unfortunate heart attack. Nothing, nothing more, nothing less. So I thought I'd make that clarify that. Moving on to January 11th uh, in 1973, the An American Family. Now, you probably don't remember this, Alex, but it was a documentary series focusing on a family from Santa Barbara. 
uh, called the Loud Family. And I, I was in high school. No, I guess I was just out of high school. And I'm going, wow, this is really cool. So not only does it uh, presage the era of reality TV, son Lance Loud comes out publicly on the show. He, the son of the family came out as gay, character, characterizing himself as homo of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and it, at the time in 73 it was I'd, I'd like to know what the follow-up story is with the with the family but um, the Loud family w- were very proud family that they were the American the epitome of the American dream and everything mm-hmm. and in the series you kind of realize that they're all human and and they all have the foibles that we all have and and so it was really the first step into reality TV and the coming out as one as one as Lance did was very helpful, I think, for a lot of gays to to grapple with their families and um, their own personal uh, coming out. Right. So, 1984, the Wall Street Journal allows staff writers to now use the word "gay" as a synonym for homosexual in articles and headlines. Wow! Mm. Wall Street Journal, very progressive. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm bad. In 2007, uh, Mexican northern state of Kohala passes a bill legalizing same-sex civil unions under the name Pacto Civil de Soledad, Civil Union Pact. So that's good news. Moving on to January 12th, The Advocate. You've heard of The Advocate, right? Mm-hmm. It's still around. I think yeah. it's rated 75 years or something. And uh, The Advocate reveals that the CIA has been collecting information on some 300,000 people that have been arrested in the U.S. for committing homosexual acts. Mm. Can you imagine the CIA was spending tons of money? Uh, yeah. And then J. Edgar Hoover, who liked to cross-dress. <laughs> anyway, um, in 1981... Without well, a bring some comments. In 1981, premiering tonight on ABC's Dynasty, featuring a gay character, Stephen Carrington. Cat fights and more shoulder pads have been seen on TV before. <laughs> Boy, wasn't that the truth? I don't, again, it's, I'm sounding really old this morning, but I remember it was such a popular program that, that there were dynasty parties. People oh, right. together and have dynasty parties and put their shoulder pads on and I guess. I don't know that I ever went to one, but I heard about them. In 2000, the United Kingdom, that's that island out there, you know, kind of in off the shore of Europe somewhere, uh, lists its man on lesbians and gay men serving in the armed forces. So they were ahead of us with don't ask, don't tell, and all that other messy stuff that we got us, ourselves into. Moving on to January 13th on this day in history, and that's the last one I have because there apparently was no news on January 14th. <laughs> In, in the LGBTQ history, going way back to 1958, in a landmark case, One Inc. versus Ole Sun, the United States Supreme Court rules in favor of the First Amendment rights of a lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender magazine. One, the homosexual magazine. So they uh, said they could publish it. Oh. Oh, yeah, Olsen. Oh, yeah, religious organization. I get it. Okay. Anyway, the, in 58, the Supreme Court rules in favor. So apparently they recognized that it was a form of free speech. All right. The word like homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> There's another story behind that. 1983, a lesbian couple, Zandra Roland and Deborah Johnson, are refused service when they try to sit at the romantic dining section of a Los Angeles restaurant, Papa Qua. Hmm. I never heard of it. Hmm. So that's on this day in history. We're all done. But I do have lots of other news. We'll take a short music break on the back with Alex on the other side of that. So glad you can join us. Anyone who's out there who wants to join in can go to uh, Laguna Live. That's a difference. can go to rainbow-radio.com, and there is a link there to go uh, zoom zoom in and say hello. We, uh, we appreciate that. And here we go.
song is Back in the Day by D. D. Hofner and Good Luck. It's such a positive song. Uh, I was just worried that I was going to start another song without my authority, <laughs> but apparently not. Hey, you know, Alex, I usually diss, um, uh, frequently diss the UK because, you know, in, in the world history, they were the largest empire in the world and it was run by a woman. Queen Elizabeth. Right. And uh, they, uh, 
well, they owned India, a lot of real estate. They were quite a big real estate developer. And in that process, they brought a lot of religion to all these countries uh, and a very conservative attitudes about gays. And so I've always dissed them because there's still a lot of that culture uh, has been handed down generation to generation, even though the, the UK is not involved. But mm -hmm. they certainly planted some seeds. And so oh, yeah. I'll give them, I'm going to today, for the first time, I'm going to cut them some slack. Okay. I'm going to say, okay, UKs, UKs are, are kind of okay after this. Tom Daly from the UK, uh, Olympic diver. You've heard of him, right, Alex? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was made an OBE by the <laughs> Queen's New Year's honors list. Now, do you know what an OBE is? OBE no. is? I, I did not. That. I did not. So it seems every year the queen decides who's really cool and who's not. So they have the queen issues and honors list twice. Oh, I guess it's twice a year to celebrate achievements of key individuals across the UK. Public figures and everyday heroes are recognized by the queen with an MBE, an OBE, or a CBE. So there's three different levels. Well, Tom landed on the middle one, the OBE says, but what are these prestigious awards? Here's all you need to know. And you heard it here first on KXFM 104.7. <laughs> Anyone selected for an honor will be invited to attend an investiture ceremony where the regal representative will award them with a medal of the order. Hmm, so I guess Tom's going to go see the queen or mm. some affiliates, some friends of the queen. What's the difference between an MBE or an OBE or a CBE? The British honor system rewards people with honors decorations decorations and medals in public recognition of their merit and service to bravery or service or bravery. The most well-known awards represent different ranks um, instituted by George, 1917 by George V. These awards were created during the first world war to renew services to war effort by people not fighting on the front line and are now awarded to civilians as well as members of the armed forces. Hmm. So um, they include the knight or the dame of the most excellent order of the British Empire, GBE, KBE, or DBE. Knight or dame, my word. So let's get right along to the to to uh, the OBE. Um, commander of the order of the British Empire, CBE. There uh, hmm, This award is for having uh, the OBE. It's for having major local role in any activity, including people whose work has made them known nationally or their cho uh, or internationally in their chosen area. So certainly um, Mr. Um, Daly qualifies on that. Oh, and yeah. A little bit of more about it. Uh, it says, um, the Olympic diver was made an OBE by the Queen's New Year's Honor List, and he told the BBC at breakfast that he now feels a responsibility to make the Commonwealth a more inclusive place. Good on you, Tom. Yeah. I'm extremely proud to be honored with an OBE, Tom uh, Daly said, adding that he felt a responsibility to make the whole Commonwealth a better place for the LGBT plus people, for women, for people of color to make their more to in, in a more inclusive and accepting environment. He continued with accepting the OBE. It's now my responsibility to help create and change and help create change and help create this environment where everybody, anybody will be willing to, to will be anything they want, no matter where they came from. Daly said he wants to lift up the people who feel like there are outsiders and he feels uh, like they don't fit and, and they feel like they don't fit across the Commonwealth. He pledged to raise their voices and to work to improve the lives of queer people everywhere, including or adding, if you can't see it, you can't be it. So um, you told me a little interesting tidbit about Tom Daly. Oh, yeah. I also have a very, I met him very briefly at one point. Um, oh, my. Maybe like, I guess it was probably like seven or eight years ago, the first time he was going to the Olympics. For some reason, the uh, UK diving team was doing their spring and summer or their winter training in Tallahassee, Florida, where I lived. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I met him very briefly then. Um, but also, he's started a knitting Instagram that has blown up <laughs> and he now sells patterns and some of his knitted, knitted pieces. Um, he started in lockdown. Um, it's called Made with Love by Tom Daly. 
um, so you can join, start your own knitting journey with the help of with the help of Olympic diver. Wow, uh, that's that's incentive right there. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't help that he's really cute. You yeah, know, that's that a nice smile. Yeah, that the most wholesome uh, smile I think I've seen. So, so the UK is, is making some progress. And here's another article about the UK. UK expands Turing's turn Turing T U R I N G the guy that did the right Alan Turing uh, yeah yeah that they did a movie about Turing's law into pardon past same sex convictions now this this is very interesting and a long awaited triumph for the UK L, UK's LGBTQ community the government on Tuesday announced that anyone convicted of consec consensual same-sex activity under the now defunct laws will soon be eligible to be pardoned and have their records wiped clean. Mm -hmm. The announcement follows a less expansive 2017 measure that was uh, limited to nine former uh, offenses and targeted gay and bisexual men. The new amendment will widen the criteria to anyone officially warned or convicted of an uh, abolished civil and military offenses that were imposed due to consensual gay sex. <clears throat> so I do remember an interview of some three professional uh, individuals in the UK that survived <clears throat> many of the uh, situations with regard to being illegal. Mm -hmm. And they made a one poignant statement. <clears throat> they, one of them, one, one of they all had, they were all in academia and they, and they all had horrible experiences because they were all outed at the same time. <clears throat> Their lives were turned upside down and, and very tragically. But one of them said, um, in the interview that um, you please, he says, please understand. He says, when you're dealing with this, you learn that what you're interested in, first of all, it's against the law and you can go to jail for it will be on your record and um, punishment being on your record. And, and that, and with that attitude is, is severe with regard to that. And he says, then the second thing is considered an illness that you were mentally de, de, um, impaired mm. And the attitude of the medical industry was that, you know, um, maybe get a lobotomy so that you didn't have any sexual drive so that you could become more normal mm. and, and or conversion therapy, whatever. And then the third one was um, it, you're going to hell. So if you go to the medical field, they're going to tell you you're sick. You go to law enforcement, get involved in law enforcement, you're against the law. And if you go to get help, uh, you know, maybe using the church as as mm -hmm. some guidance, they're going to tell you you're going to hell. So it's it's pretty pretty sad day. So to see yeah. this being abolished is is a real cleansing in my and kudos to the British for uh, the British Home Secretary uh, Preeti Patel said in a statement that it was the only right thing that where offenses have been abolished, convictions for consensual activity between same sex partners should be disregarded to says i hope that expanding the pardons and the uh disregards scheme will go away uh will go some way to righting the wrongs of the past and to reassuring members of the lgbt community that britain is one of the safest places in the world to call home mm -hmm. so good on you mr patel or pretty i don't know if that's male or female but patel is the last name how about that? About time. What <laughs> a step in the right direction, nonetheless. <laughs> so another stepping in the right direction is in Mexico. How about this one, Alex? Kiss-a-thon is staged at Six Flags in Mexico theme park. Mm -hmm. mm, in response to homophobia. <laughs> um, a bastion or a kiss-a-thon or a basotin. Or a kiss-a-thon has been staged at Six Flags Mexico theme park after a queer couple visiting said they were victims of homophobia. Mm. A friend of the couple went uh, a friend of the couple went viral on Twitter after he described how his friends were reprimanded for kissing at the theme park on Wednesday, the 29th of December, my birthday. Mm. He wrote the art. He wrote the argument was that the theme park is a family environment and the gay kisses were to tack on that. Mm. He went on to share the videos of the incident, which reportedly showed the Six Flags Mexico 
director confronting them about the kiss and con and continued. He told us in general that all the displays of affection were prohibited and that it was the regulations. It was in the regulations. Uh, he reviewed the regulations with him and the and that propaganda does not appear. So it's not in the regulation. They also pointed out uh, it took uh, took us out of line and threatened to take us out of the park for not complying with the family environment rule. At least 10 couples at the same in the same area were kissing, but they were not singled out or intimidated. In further tweets, he described the incident as clearly homophobic, and uh, the thread to date has been retweeted more than 16,000 times. In response, the LGBT community joined together to plan a kiss-a-thon outside the park. Oh. So that's one way to deal with it, huh? Yeah, that's a nice... Uh... A nicer way to deal with it, I think. Yeah. Creative, uh, yeah. Who was it? Um, one sports sporting event where it was in a country that was very uh, homophobic. They decided to decorate the arena in the rainbow colors. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's great. So now back to some, some reality news here. Uh, this is uh, in Kenya, which is in that big continent of Africa. Uh, it has been set up. The LGBT Kenyans catfished for money via dating apps. Hmm. So they use dating apps to entrap, you know, you used to go to, they had like George Michael, you know, and up in LA uh, mm -hmm. was soliciting sex at one of the restrooms. That's how sex, but so they would put undercover cops in there. Well, now the undercops are using high tech and they're pretending to be uh, interested in having sex. So after uh, one day after work last month, Tom Otino went to a shopping center in Nairobi to pick up groceries before heading home. He got a call from someone he had been chatting with, chatting to for a week on Grinder. Grinder, a social networking app for the gay. Well, we know that by trans and queer people. The man had already uh, tried ringing several times in the day where Antino was uh, with colleagues and he was and was keen to meet. Antino 29 mentioned where he was, but said that he did not want to see the man. Then he was heading to his car. Uh, he got another call. He answered it. Someone approached him and they said they were police officers. Seconds later, two other officers joined him and surrounded Otino. One of them had uh, this envelope, he says. He was getting papers out of the evidence and looking um, at them and then at me. I saw it was a chat from Grinder and saw my face on it, knew I had been set up. Mm -hmm. So uh, the story goes on. I, I could read it, but I'm going to just explain. Um, they put him in the police car to take him supposedly to the police station for questioning. And he had his phone and uh, they were not taking him to the police station. They're taking him somewhere else. And th th it's speculation where that somewhere else was going to be. But when he contacted some someone who had some influence, they, uh, they turned the car around and went to the police station instead. So mm -hmm. we'll never know the rest of the story. But that's uh, that was, uh, if you want to read about it, um, it's available on um, Alturi, A-L-T-U-R-I.com. They have a lot of international news there, and it's an interesting article. Yeah, I'll have to read that. Um, uh, and Senegal, Senegal rejects a bid to toughen strict anti-LGBTQ laws. Pope, Pope Francis praises Sister Julian Gromick's 50 years of LGBTQ ministry in a handwritten letter. The intersex bill again dies in committee in uh, United in California, actually. And the the 2022 World Cup CEO says homosexuality is not authorized in Qatar. So that's the news. I just went through the rest of the news. I'm kind of over the news. Um, I cannot read this one though because um, it's in California, and uh, I find it. Lacking the votes to pass his bill, uh, banning medically unnecessary surgeries on intersex children out of, out of uh, committee, gay state Senator uh, Scott Weiner, Democrat from San Francisco, announced January 4th he was once again shelving the bill. Since 2019, Weiner has tried uh, to get the legislative ban passed uh, by his colleagues, to, but to no avail. 
So what it is, is, well, I'll, I'll finish because it, it kind of explains it. Wiener had resubmitted his legislation bill 225, known as the Bodily Autonomy, Dignity, and Choice Act. Can you kind of imagine what that means? Mm. Last January, with the hope of moving out of legislature this session, he had worked with intersex advocates and LGBTQ right, rights groups to revise it from previous versions, such as um, indicating a precise age for when such surgeries could be performed. So um, in a nutshell, this latest version would have uh, required parents and doctors to postpone elective surgery on intersex children until they're at least 12 years of age. Mm. Um, and I have uh, watched documentaries where children are predetermined. Well, it's it looks more like a girl's an, an anatomy than a man. So we will cut off the parts that look like the man and leave the girl and, and we'll give her a, uh, give the person a feminine name and raise the child mm -hmm. as a girl. Everything will be fine and wonderful, right. except that <laughs> there's a mechanism, I think, in our psyche, our brain, and our well, and our being that's, that kind of has uh, predetermined what, uh, what sex that is uh, you and what sex is part of you, uh, yeah. sexual orientation. Uh, so anyway, uh, it didn't work out too well for a couple of twins that were decided that they were females and they turned out to be both wanting to be males and they had both had disturbing, tragic endings. So that's not very good news. So Alex, do you have any good, good, happy news we can share with the world out there? Um, I'm not sure about news, but a lot of what you've talked about today makes me think of a new a Netflix show I've been watching. Have you seen um, Sex Education? No. I have okay. So it's a it's a it's a British show. Um, so another plus for for UK. Um, but it follows it's on its third season and it follows a group of high schoolers. Um, these two high schoolers, one of them, his mom is a sex therapist. And he's the, the high schooler named Otis sets up an underground like sex clinic at his high school because they're not receiving any sort of like comprehensive um, sexual education in their public school system. So it's a whole lot of antics, whole, really, really interesting and like really well thought out, um, really smart. Um, but the third season, um, one of the students is from Nigeria and he goes back for a wedding and his parents tell him, oh, you know, it's not really or he he's gay and his parents tell him well it's not really safe for you to be gay there so like tone it back while you're with your family and um so it's just a really interesting exploration of teen sexuality and teen like hormones and all of that across the spectrum really really smart and really well done um well it, it also can speak a bit to some of the controversy about uh in the United States regarding education, sex education in schools and and the gay issue being a pivotal uh, hot button um, mm -hmm. as far as the education. Talk about, and, and, and I understand parents with their kids are very sensitive to what their kids are informed, but um, I, I, the, there is, um, there's an alarmist part of it that I disagree with, you know. Mm -hmm. What can I say? <laughs> An I mean, I grew up in Florida. Like we had no kind of education. It was, uh, I think we, we got separated in fifth grade into the boys and the girls. And we went in and watched like a half hour long video about. Yeah. And all of that. And that was it. I was in kindergarten and my first, uh, I guess, unfortunate thing I didn't quite understand is that when it came recess time, you could go out and play with the ball in the, in mm -hmm. the playground. And you're, you know, you're kindergarten, you're, you're really young. Or they had a, uh, inside the classroom, they had like this, um, set up the area that was looked like a kitchen so that the girls could kind of go cook and pretend like they do things. And that was, could be their recess. Well, I wanted to play with the girls. Uh, so would I. I wanted to be the homemaker. <laughs> and, I, and so I played the male part, but I, I had no interest in going out and playing ball with the boys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I remember my teacher, Mrs. Caldwell, she, she made a statement to my mother. She says, you know, 
I've seen enough kids that I really know, I can really know and understand what they're all about, even in when they're in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think my mom picked up on it, uh, not till years uh, later, but was being said, but Mrs. Caldwell was really cool with it all. She, mm-hmm. she had been around enough kids to realize that's part of what, what happens, you know, yeah. but um, yeah, so play. <laughs> So that was my education. No, you can't do that. That's not right. And I thought, well, well, what's wrong about it? I like the girls. Right. They're friendly. The boys are so mean to me. <laughs> oh, well, we we live and we learn. So, Alex, you failed me this week. I know. I forgot to send you music. <laughs> I got, it I was know. a busy work week. It's, it's, with all the compensation you get from the, program you know you think you'd, you'd <laughs> no i appreciate that i i looked at the songs and thought well i could replay some of them and i thought no no i'm just going to play some of my standards we have we have lots to talk about uh as far as the news oh wow i have one minute left oh alex well uh, maybe you can join us again next week this is great i used yeah. to, i used to have a co-host um years ago and it, it really is interesting to to uh you know get some other opinions other than my own and, and just kind of ramble around in this um vacuum yeah <laughs> as as it were anyone you want to shout out to alex ah well my parents might be listening again because i know oh, i introduced them on christmas um and i think they've been paying attention so if my parents are shout out to them well um yeah, we're going to we're going to sign out on this song by Acker Bill. And you know who that is. I know you know. And so um uh what's your mom's name? Jody. Jody. So this song is dedicated to Jody and Alex. I dearly appreciate you tuning in this morning and helping me through this hour long <laughs> tirade I go on every week. <laughs> And I hope my listeners enjoyed uh, the content. And if you have any suggestions regarding content, please get a hold of Craig at rainbow-radio.com, rainbow-radio.com, and including musical artists. If you had some uh, suggestions, I, I try to I try to find um, gay artists that I can, uh, you know, spread the news. Little Nass is, always has something interesting going on. <laughs> so, but I've kind of worn that one out. So. Uh, yeah, any, for any, next week. yeah, we'll have, we'll have, we'll be back next week. Again, thank you, Alex. And thank you for tuning in this morning in uh, KXFM 104.7 in little Laguna Beach, California, where the weather's fabulous and the attitudes are wonderful. <laughs> Hope to see you next week. <laughs>